Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our weekly Healthy Harrison podcast, a program designed to help you change your state. By that, we mean uh, help you get focused on uh, ways to improve your nutrition, uh, your fitness, and your overall health. I'm Gary Bowden. I'm a board member of Healthy Harrison, and joining us as co-host is Brock Malcolm, who's president of Healthy Harrison. Brock? Good to see you. Thanks Friday, Gary. Me. Good to see you. Our program streams each week live on the Healthy Harrison Facebook page, also on the statewide distribution network of our media partner, wvnews.com. Uh, each week, we chat with individuals who have a similar mission as that of Healthy Harrison, that being to foster measurable improvement to the health and well being of citizens of North Central West Virginia. And frankly, uh, the work of Healthy Harrison uh, continues to be uh, expanding beyond uh, Harrison County and determining ways that we might be able to take some of, the, uh, some of our efforts uh, to other counties around North Central West Virginia and eventually throughout the state of West Virginia. Today, we're gonna to be talking with uh, Health Access, the free medical clinic in Harrison County, and with a representative from the West Virginia Eye Institute, our guests, are Joshua Brown, who is the new executive director of Health Access. And Joshua, welcome, by the way, Josh. Hi, Gary. Thanks for having me. And uh, Rebecca Oakley is director of outreach for the West Virginia Eye Institute. And we're reaching out to her in Huntington, West Virginia today. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. Did I get that title right? I got a very long bio for you. And Hopefully is the last name. Good. Okay. I'm, I'm, I, I hope we got... Uh, uh, close for you anyway. Uh, as I mentioned, Josh manages the free clinic uh, for nearly 4,000 uninsured and underinsured residents of Harrison and Doddridge counties. Uh, Lauren is a certified low vision therapist and has worked in the field of visually impaired since 1989. Uh, Josh, we're, uh, we're going to kick it off with you uh, and talk. A, a lot of people hear about health access Mm -hmm. locally don't necessarily fully know what it is you do. Can you explain the, the mission of health access and, and help us understand how it might work hand in hand with the mission of Healthy Harrison? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I like to tell folks we're still one of the best kept secrets in Harrison County. Uh, we are a free and charitable clinic. And so what that means is folks who are uninsured or underinsured can come to our clinic location. Uh, we're centrally located here in downtown Clarksburg at 489 Washington Avenue. They're able to come into our clinic and connect with primary medical care. Uh, we also offer prescription medications and then a host of referral services. So we're able to, once we get folks connected to primary medical care, refer them out for subspecialty care. Uh, we have a wonderful partner in United Hospital Center. And so all of their specialists are open to seeing our patients. Uh, our patients are able to go to the hospital, connect to hospital services um, at absolutely no cost if they're uninsured. Yours would be a different approach, but do you see your effort uh, meshing with marrying with the, the, the mission of Healthy Harrison? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're just trying to, uh, we would say that primary care is really the foundation of our healthcare delivery system. And so uh, for our residents to be healthy, uh, they've got to be connected to primary medical care. And so unfortunately for a lot of folks that's out of reach either because they simply can't afford it. Uh, maybe their company doesn't offer uh, medical insurance or they've gone to the marketplace and it's just out of their reach financially. And so they don't have access to primary medical care. There's no clinic uh, that they can go to. So we help connect those folks. And by connecting them to primary care, uh, we're able to ensure that their you know, disparities are overcome and that they're, they're healthy and, and care for their well-being. You're new to health access or new as executive director, as I mentioned. Uh, let's take a quick moment to tell us about the transition uh, replacing uh, longtime director, Jim Harris, who yeah, also- Right, uh, replacing a, a legend. Healthy Harris um, Board of Directors. Yeah, Jim is an incredible uh, man. I've had the privilege of serving under him for about 11 years. Um, he's meant so much to our organization. In fact, I don't think anybody has done more for health access uh, than Jim Harris. When I started here back in 2010, we had about 1,400 patients today, just a tick over 4,600 patients. So mm -hmm. he has certainly grown our patient panel, um, worked hard to connect folks in our community to primary medical care. But you know, the thing that I think a lot of folks don't know about Jim is uh, it's not just with our clinic, uh, but he has he's made this a habit in his life of connecting the underserved to services. So he was the long-term county administrator. And then even before that, uh, was a first responder and really was the architect uh, and the lead guy who implemented and designed our 911 system for Harrison and Taylor County. So I like to think anytime somebody in our community today picks up the phone and dials 911, Jim Harris is still connecting folks to care. And uh, just an incredible legacy. I'm honored to be able to follow him and steward uh, this most important of, of safety nets in our community. Thanks, Josh, uh, for all that you do. And, and obviously, thanks to Jim for his years of service to, to the county and to the, the residents who um, might have otherwise gone without care. Yeah. Rebecca, I, I met you a couple years ago because our, our local Clarksburg Lions Club uh, volunteers at Health Access and, and works with you and your organization and doing some eye screenings. Maybe you could talk about the work that the Eye Institute does with Health Access and, uh, and, and the impact that, um, that your organization is able to have on the local community. Sure. So we're at West Virginia University Eye Institute, it falls under the outreach department. We are funded through grants, through the Benedum Foundation, the Alcom Foundation, and private uh, donations. Uh, this project is designed to assist patients in the state of West Virginia who have uh, little access to care, and that could be geographical, that could be financial access to care, and with, with eye care, typically it's not covered under insurance. And so many people go without. So what we have done is we have, we have paired and partnered, partnered with the local health, three health clinics in the state of West Virginia. As he said before, I'm in Huntington today doing a health clinic, uh, eye clinic here. In Harrison County, we do about four clinics per year. And what we do is we do free eye exams. We do a screening. If they pass, they go. If not, we do an exam. And then we provide glasses. We do believe our mission and our mission that 
there has to be a partnership between us and the patient too. So the patients pay a very um, nominal uh, fee for their glasses, $20 typically, um, and then they are provided a pair of glasses. If during the exam, they are found to have an eye disease such as glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy, cataracts, then we start doing the making connections. And between um, Josh's staff and WVU, we are able to get them um, specialty care that they need. Now, Harrison County is very different than most of the counties in the state that we serve because their um, geographical location to WVU is much easier to get to than, than let's say, Huntington. Um, WVU has a program called WVU Cares. And so if you qualify through this program, you are able to get the additional care you need, surgeries you need, and it falls under the charity care program at WVU. You know, when, from having worked at one of your screenings, I'm always amazed by one, how quickly and efficiently you're able to get through so many patients. I mean, you usually see a hundred patients or more in a day. And right. uh, also how many people come away actually needing glasses or needing follow-up care. Maybe you just talk a little bit about that and the, the, just the sheer safety impact that these screenings have in, in, in terms of getting people um, corrective lenses as they go around you know, through their daily lives. So first of all, I'd like to our team. We have an incredible team. You know, driving to Huntington is a three-hour drive. They do it after a Wednesday clinic at work, and they get here at 10 o'clock at night, and then they start the next day. Today, they'll leave and not get home till 7 or 8 o'clock at night. So we've got a committed team, and they are amazing. We are a well-oiled machine. As you said before, we schedule about 120 uh, patients a day. Usually, we have about a 25% no-show um, rate, which we're trying to work on in every clinic. It's across the board. Um, but we see patients who come in many times and sometimes they drive in, but they are legally blind. They would never their their driver's test and they're legally blind only because they can't afford an eye exam or a pair of glasses. And so it's really a safety issue to our community too. We get these people fitted in glasses. We look at their eye health. And we also look, we as a team try to be very proactive. And instead of reactive care. When we know we have a diabetic and you know West Virginia has a high rate of diabetes, um, there is a disease, disease, diabetic retinopathy that affects and can damage vision. And so we look at that early on and we track the diabetics every year to do a free diabetic exam to make sure that there's no damage to the, to the optic nerve. And so we really do a lot of proactive care for our patients uh, through this program. Otherwise, they would have no access to care. So we're looking at a safety issue of driving, um, being safe in the community, safety to others who are on the streets with them, but also we're looking at proactive care so that um, they're not, you know, once, once somebody loses their vision, then they're more prone to falls. 
and falling and breaking a hip means sometimes they're having to stay in long-term care facilities. And so just keeping good vision will help promote better health in the future and make it easier on our healthcare system. The Healthy Harrison podcast is brought to you every week by WVU uh, Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. Interaction helps us produce this podcast each week. Uh, Josh, your, your, your mission at Health Access is obviously broader than just eyes, but that's part of the, the mix. But, but let's address the issue of... Um, free clinic. How does it differ? Does it differ from what we consider rural health care? And, and how are you funded? Yeah, absolutely. So we are different. I, I would start with saying that we're also very similar. So um, I know Brock has spent a, a long time, uh, you know, in working with FQHCs. And so he would tell you as well as I would that we're, we're both needed. So FQHCs, rural health clinics, free and charitable clinics, all of us make up the safety net. Um, and, and we're taking care of those who are underserved and helping to connect those who otherwise would have no access to healthcare. So all of us are needed. Free clinics are a little bit different in that we're probably a little more organic in nature. I like to tell folks that we're really the community's response to the plight of the uninsured. And so if you look back at the history of health access, it goes back to 1992 and a physician that you've probably heard of, Dr. Lou Ortenzi, so Dr. Lou Ortenzio was practicing here in the community. He recognized that there was a lot of folks who didn't have access to insurance. They were missing out on the care they needed because they couldn't afford it. And so he met with some local community leaders and uh, figured out a way to create this thing called health access, this clinic or medical home where these folks who otherwise would have no access could come and access the care they need. Um, so in that, uh, we are locally funded. Uh, we're community driven. So when you think about um, how we're able to do what we do, we do it by the support of, of the community. Uh, the state of West Virginia gives us uh, quite a bit of funding. Uh, we are also a partner with the United Way and a funded agency. Uh, we get a lot of support from the Harrison and Doddridge County Commissions. In fact, uh, we'll be on the vital services levy again. So we're Super thankful for the support of all of our, our commissioners and just the support of our county. We get a lot of direct public support. Um, so just individuals who love what we do, they're behind our mission, uh, local businesses uh, like Dan Cava Toyota, Dominion. Uh, we get some monies from First Energy, local foundations, but it's all very much community supported. And so without the community, we, we couldn't do what we do. Who, who qualifies to be treated? What are the guidelines? Yeah, so anybody uh, who is a resident of Harrison or Doddridge County who is uh, low income at or below 250% of federal poverty level, and then um, also uh, who is either uninsured or has West Virginia Medicaid. And so it used to be prior to 2014, we only accepted patients who had, uh, who had no insurance. And in 2014, uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, rolled out, Obamacare, our state was one of the states that expanded Medicaid. And in that, about 100,000 patients received insurance who previously didn't have it. So it was a wonderful thing. Uh, but what we found out really quickly was that just because you have an insurance card in your pocket doesn't mean that you have you know, access to care. And so we had a lot of our patients who now had Medicaid, but there was such a shortage of providers in our community um, that they still lacked access. So our board of directors said, you know, there's a population out there, not just of uninsured, but underinsured, 
who need access to care. And so we went ahead and expanded our population to include not only the uninsured, but those with Medicaid who are underinsured. I actually mentioned the United Way, and I'm lucky enough to be on the board of directors for the United Way of Harrison Dodgers Counties. And I can I can tell the, the viewers that uh, we certainly consider health access to be one of the most fundamental programs that we support. And, yeah. and the, the difference in the lives in the community, uh, um, it really it makes us thankful that, that health access exists. Um, Rebecca, I wanted to follow up with you because you mentioned before um, the provision of proactive care versus reactive care. And, you know, in the primary care world, that's such a big deal because you're, you're not only making uh, life-changing um, moments for the patient, but you're also saving tremendous amounts of money for the healthcare system, which then can go into other services and other, maybe you could talk more about that and, and, and what, what you're able to do with some of those patients who, who you find that, that need additional services and uh, the, the referrals and, and that whole process. Yes, well, first, I think sometimes our approach to care is upside down mm -hmm. and uh, trying to flip that a little bit to make sure that everybody has access to care. And I would think that your eyesight and good vision care is a very primitive thing that every have access to, and it should be part of your pri the primary health uh, package that we have. Um, unfortunately, that's not the way our system is built. We, uh, we threw this program, and it's interesting, I'll go back to say that, um, you know, we've been doing this in, in Harrison County for about 10 years now. And so we've become, um, you know, we see these patients, a lot of them over and over, if they have some disease, um, or if they need certain things. And so I think we've become part of their uh, yearly primary care uh, team. Um, and I think that's very important. You know, we look at our elderly population and people who have don't have glasses or they have terrible eye disease are now not well in their homes. And so that's something also that not in this specific program, but WVU can help with getting these patients so that they are safer in their homes because they can see or the things around their homes can be modified. I think it's very important that we look at that and we, act, we actually look at a, the patient as a whole as far as their diabetes. What we do ties in with their primary care. We communicate through um, our exams uh, if we see a patient with diabetes. And so if followed at health access, then we'll let them know that there's no diabetes damage in the eye. If they have a healthcare provider outside of health, health access, we are able to communicate with those patients too. So I think it's very, very important that we as healthcare providers all work together in unison, have the same goal, which is a, a healthy, um, healthy human that understands their healthcare and also understands the progression of a disease if they don't change, let's say their approach to diabetes, if they don't check their diabetes, if they don't eat the right foods, if they medications, that they understand the end game is going to be detrimental to them. 
You mentioned obviously diabetes and its impact on eyesight. Uh, I, I know from one of the screenings that, that I was participating in, we, we located an individual who had a tumor that, that was identified through the eye screening process. What other sort of diseases or, or health conditions uh, are you guys able to identify sometimes through these that, that maybe people wouldn't associate with a simple eye exam? Yes, so we have seen um, eye tumors, melanomas, um, glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy, cataracts. Um, you know, then we have a lot of people that come in with cancer and on cancer medications um, that we have to manage their eye, their vision because of the taking. So we do, we see a lot of patients that have a lot of other diseases. Di diabetes is probably the one. Now, the other one is glaucoma, and glaucoma is one of the leading uh, causes of blindness now that we see. Um, and so we have to make sure that they have the proper medications and that they're being monitored so that we can preserve the vision that they have. Again, a reminder that the Healthy Harrison podcast is brought to you by WVU United Hospital Center or WVU Medicine United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, the State Journal, WestVirginianews.com and or WVNews.com and Interaction Media. Josh, Rebecca has touched on the interaction between the work she does with health with the Eye Institute and your health access, but I, I was going to ask you, how, how do you deal uh, if, with someone with eye issues or mm -hmm. uh, dental issues if they come to you first? Yeah, so that's what makes this such a beautiful partnership is being able to integrate vision care into the primary care setting. And so we talked about our clinic expanding and seeing Medicaid patients. What we realized is that there are a ton of coverage gaps that still exist within uh, Medicaid insurance. And so two of the biggest ones were vision and dental. And so we were able to leverage our partnerships with the WVUI Institute and, uh, and, and Becky's group there. And then also uh, with, our, our, with um, our local free clinic in Charleston for dental in the beginning, just looking for ways to kind of bridge these gaps that exist and get folks the, the care that they need. And so um, we've tackled both of those at the free clinic. Um, the dental gap was a big gap and one that we've worked really diligently on in the past couple of years. First, with partnering with a clinic in Charleston, uh, our sister free clinic, the West Virginia Health Right. We brought a 37-foot gooseneck trailer here to the clinic. I had three dental operatories. They were here two times a month, and it was absolutely maxed out every single time they were here. There's such a need for dental care. Um, and it convinced our board of directors that we had to do more. And so in 2019, uh, we undertook a um, capital campaign project called The Next Right Thing to bring a dental clinic here on site at the, the free clinic location on Washington Avenue. And so uh, it was an incredible project totaling about $700,000. And we were able to raise, as a result of that capital campaign, about $275,000 
towards that, just in community support to bring a dental clinic here to the free clinic location. Um, and so we've already begun addressing some of those coverage gaps that exist. And then we've had this long-standing partnership with the WVI Institute where uh, three, four times a year, they're able to come on site to the clinic um, and see our patients and offer them comprehensive vision screenings uh, and to identify some of those underlying diseases that otherwise would go undetected. And then we're able to wrap around uh, primary care services. So if the diabetes is the thing causing the blood vessels to enlarge and, and to burst, uh, then we're able to treat the source and we're able to offer them insulin and, and management to get that chronic condition under control. We're probably missing the obvious if we don't ask you how health access has had to uh, adjust uh, to the COVID-19 and pandemic-related yeah. issues. Yeah, it, it's certainly been an adjustment. Um, I'm really proud of our staff. Uh, we did not shut down at any point during the pandemic. So we have been operational five days a week, um, making sure that we meet the needs of our patients. Uh, it has changed some things though. You know, while a lot of folks were were um, shutting down and, and were limiting their services, we were actually aggressively expanding ours. So a couple of things came to the forefront during the pandemic. Uh, when public transportation shut down, our patients who routinely had access to United Hospital Center for lab work and different things no longer could get there. Uh, many of our patients face transportation barriers that just make it impossible for them to go great distances to get the care that they need. So we started offering on-site phlebotomy here at the clinic so that our diabetics and other patients who have chronic diseases could continue to get the labs they needed during the pandemic. And so that really was uh, one, uh, one article I read said that was the silent epidemic underneath the coronavirus pandemic was that these folks with chronic conditions could not access the care they needed. And so the chronic condition was making them more at risk for severe effects from COVID if they caught COVID, but then also just worsening that underlying condition itself. Well, Gary, you know, if Amy was here, I know she'd have some questions about the economic development aspect of all of this. <laughs> Rebecca, uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about um, how the work that you do affects the employability of some of these patients. You know, I mean, sure, they're going to the free clinic, but many of them are working. Many of them are seeking jobs. You know, we don't want to certainly, uh, many of them already have uh, uh jobs that they're working, but maybe they could be more efficient, maybe they could do better jobs if they're able to see. So what, what, are, what are some success stories that you've seen out of uh, this clinic and in terms of putting people back to work? I mean, there's always someone who comes in and it's typically the women who are working in the food service industry and they say, I'm having a difficult time seeing the cash register. I can't see the cash register or, when people point at the menu, I can't tell what they're pointing at because I can't see. And so being able to address their vision issues so that they can maintain employment is certainly a positive in our program. The other thing is sometimes we have patients who have developed uh, cataracts uh, quickly and they, be, they don't feel comfortable driving anymore. And so once we take care of the cataracts, then they're able to get back 
and get to work on time, get their family to where they need to go, doctor's appointments and things like that. And then the other thing that I would say is just catching all the diseases that we catch. If we, if we weren't here, we see probably about 1,700 patients statewide a year. Um, if we didn't see those patients, about 25% of them would go with um, underlying conditions that could cause a blinding condition for them. So I think it's very, very important, uh, the work that we do and the partnerships that we have with Health Access. I also have Dr. Moore who just walked in. Dr. Moore is um, our physician who uh, comes on the road with us. He sees, he is a trooper. He sees about, we'll see a and he just puts his head down and sees them all with a smile. So he walked in the door if you have any specific questions for him. Well, I get, I, hi, Dr. Moore. Um, <laughs> uh, we've been talking about uh, the incredible work that the I Institute is, is able to do with Health Access and its other partners around the state and, and all of the other um, ailments that you're able to pick up. I, maybe you have uh, an experience or a story that, that you think that the viewers may be interested in that, that really captures the incredible work that you guys are doing? Well, I the most, most dramatic change of life is when someone has developed cataracts and often because they are underinsured or have no insurance, they let these cataracts go to the point that they're essentially blind and they can't drive anymore. They're not employable anymore. And we certainly had numerous episodes of people who came through our program who were able to get their cataracts taken care of, had their sight restored and, uh, and were back to driving, back to being a participating member of their family. So I think that's probably the most dramatic thing that we see. But equally important is the prevention of blinding diseases. We have so many diabetics in this state. And today we saw a few patients who had early diabetic retinopathy, which were able to send for treatment and those patients are going to have their sight preserved because of what we do today. So same is true for glaucoma. We see glaucoma patients all the time. People don't know they have glaucoma until it's often too late. So those patients still have good vision, but we can go on and send them to the treatment that's going to preserve their vision. That's equally important. You know, going back to the diabetes, I guess I would assume that most of those patients know that they have diabetes and maybe they're just non-compliant. I mean, how many... I know you can't give an exact number, but I mean, how often are you the first diagnoser of the diabetes? That, that actually not very common. Uh, most, in fact, because most diabetics don't show up with retinopathy in their eye until late. And so they've usually already found out that they're, they're diabetic. I will say it's, it's relatively rare to look in someone's eye and say, my gosh, did you know you have diabetes? That, that fortunately doesn't, most people have, gone to a community clinic or a community screening and, and or they know that they have it in their family. Most people are aware of their diabetes by the time we see them. But I will so, say many or some that are very non-compliant diabetics. And mm -hmm. so you'll your sugar today and they have no idea. And so they don't monitor it. Um, therefore they are the ones that end up with disease. Yeah. Because even yeah, so, so, so maybe you guys are the wake-up call that people need to see, hey, if I don't start taking care of myself, I'm going to have real health consequences down the line. That's very true. Yeah. Josh and Rebecca, we're just about out of time. I was going to let you both kind of throw out your elevator sales pitch since you're dealing both with a lot of people who uh, 
perhaps have not seen a doctor at all, certainly not regularly. What, what do you say to folks to, to convince them or to let them know that we're here and we can help? Yeah, I, I would just uh, say that if you are uninsured um, and you lack access to primary medical care, or you're struggling to get prescription medications or even hospital services, that there is a medical home for you in Harrison and Doddridge County so that if you are in one of those counties you can come here and get the care that you need. And you can uh, come to our eye screening on uh, August 27th. It's a Friday. Uh, Becky's team is going to be here. Dr. Moore will be here um, from 9 to 2 that day. We have a couple of slots still available. Come in, get an eye exam. Um, see if you have maybe one of those underlying conditions. Get uh, that vision corrected. And, uh, and then I would say get connected to our clinic, uh, to primary care, so that if there's a chronic condition that's causing that, we can go ahead and manage that better. Uh, we offer a lot of education. So Becky was talking about how uh, a lot of times it just goes, uh, they know they have diabetes. Uh, they just don't do anything to, to kind of uh, to manage it well. We can help with that. Um, and so at the free clinic, um, there is a place for you. Uh, our phone number is 304-622-2708. Call us and uh, we'd be happy to get you connected to healthcare. Rebecca, how about you? We just heard the doctor mention that sometimes these eye issues are caught too late and eye issues are different than some of the other ailments that we have with our bodies, which are much more readily noticeable to us. Uh, how do you alert people that folks, you gotta, you gotta get your eyes checked too because there are serious consequences uh, if you don't. Well, I think it's important to note that people at West Virginians are amazing and they're doing it the best they can. And so sometimes families look at, is it more important to feed my three children or go my eyes? And with the program that WVU and the health access has developed, they don't have to make that choice. And so what I would say is just take the time out of your schedule to come and take care of yourself. Uh, we offer great services, the uh, West Virginia University Eye Institute, um, also offers extended specialty care if you qualify. If not, the grant could help with that too. Um, but there is a place for you uh, between Josh and WVU, we can take care of you. Well, I, I'd like to thank uh, uh, both Josh and Rebecca. Boy, we appreciate you uh, joining us today with some good and helpful information. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Gary. Yeah. And Brock. I did want to say real quick, um, thank you to the Lions Club as well. Brock had mentioned earlier that he's a, a lion. And so we couldn't do this without their help. They come and register folks. And so we love the local Lions Club and appreciate all they do as well. Absolutely. And we want to thank our viewers for joining us today uh, for the Healthy Harrison podcast. It's our goal to change your state of mind and ultimately change the state of health both locally and throughout the state of West Virginia. If you want more help right now, visit healthyharrison.org or visit Healthy Harrison on Facebook and give us a like. You'll find lots of uh, support there, lots of information, and also know that you can stream past episodes of our podcasts on the Healthy Harrison Facebook page. Again, we wanna thank our sponsors, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com and Interaction Media on behalf of Healthy Harrison. And Brock, Brock, thanks for co-hosting. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we do this 
every Friday. Good, helpful information. Next Friday, we're going to be talking uh, with Chad Bundy of the Harrison County Health Department. Uh, Amy will be back, and I'll be back. And we hope you all have a good week. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks again to our special guests, Josh Brown and Rebecca Oakley. Appreciate it.